Welcome to the Cadet Dome Podcast, where we explore the nature of reality, the primacy of consciousness, deliberate creation, and your personal empowerment. Self-compassion is an important practice to habituate, to make your second nature for a number of different reasons. And every deliberate creator needs to know these reasons. From enhancing your well-being to making you effective at co-creation, this self-regulation tool is so much more than just a simple skill. In my own experience, practicing compassion toward myself was only something I began to do in my late 20s. It was when I started studying different teachings on loving kindness and embodying or encoding for a consciousness of self and others that was based in love that I began to understand the importance of those currents of thinking that I was directing toward myself. It was a really important lesson, a really important point in my growth and in my ability to be able to broadcast a clear, coherent signal in my co-creative efforts. How would you label the automatic thoughts you have about yourself? You know, if you were just to sort of scan in your awareness right now around the balance of thinking you have directed towards yourself this past week or are directing towards yourself right now, what would you label them? You know, what emotional tones do they carry when things are going well when things are challenging when you get something right or you know when you discover you've made a mistake of some kind as all human beings do what kind of thoughts and emotions do you direct towards yourself and just sort of take a look at the last week the last few weeks the last month and just make note of the types of thoughts the types of emotions you direct towards yourself Many people have habituated the ability to extend compassion and kindness to others, but not toward themselves. Most people are taught to be kind to other people, to be giving to other people, to be generous, to be patient, and all of that toward other people. Not many people are taught early on to direct those same kinds of currents toward themselves. You know, we're taught to respect others, to be mindful about how we talk to others. And that directing the same kind of respect and warm regard towards yourself is essential. The skill of being able to direct compassionate attention towards yourself is something that you can develop if you don't already have that skill. As I said, This was a skill I only began to develop in my late 20s. I did a video on developing your compassionate inner voice a while back. I called it developing your inner companion. It's on my YouTube channel. And in that video, I address how you can go about transforming any kind of a self-critical inner voice into a compassionate inner voice. This is a transformation that is totally doable with your power of attention and focus, 
with your ability to metacognize, to self-observe, to monitor your internal narratives, with your ability to heal from any kind of subconscious programming that reflects the tendency to direct negative thinking towards yourself, or even the tendency to normalize that kind of learned habit with your ability to heal that, you know, with your neuroplastic brain and responsive nervous system, you can develop and integrate a way of looking at yourself that is based in kindness and compassion. And I'll talk more about how you can go about doing that shortly. Now, there are innumerable benefits to practicing self-compassion. There's lots of research showing how practices based on loving kindness provide a list of psychological benefits, emotional benefits, relational benefits, and physical benefits. They benefit you on all levels. That emotion of compassion and all of the emotions in that range of warmth and understanding, whether it's being directed outward or being directed to yourself, those types of emotions are what I call life-affirming emotions. They're energy currents that flow, life-promoting and life-enhancing currents throughout your nervous system and energy field. It's a nourishing and nurturing frequency. It's been shown, and I've talked about this in other episodes, it's been shown that these kinds of currents add to your well-being. They add to your psychological health. They reduce things like depression and anxiety, the occurrence and experience of them. They add to your lifespan. They, they add longevity <laughs> to your being. There's evidence showing the reduction in different types of chronic conditions. So the benefits are there and they've been documented for a few decades now. So they're nourishing and nurturing frequencies that you want to be tapping into regularly. If you've taken my free levels of consciousness course, these are also the emotions that you radiate when you're calibrating at 500 and above in David Hawkins scale of consciousness. So one way to grow spiritually is to practice these types of emotions as well because they tune you to a different level of perception and to a different level of consciousness. So compassion, kindness, understanding, warmth are vibrant, life-rich energy waves. One of the things that I love to occasionally do is a sound bath. I love listening to the sound of singing bowls and just allowing those resonant harmonic sound waves to audibly just wash over me it's it's a meditative experience that's visceral in the way that it tunes and cleanses my being you can do a self-compassion bath so to speak and experience that same kind of harmonization and toning of your physical body of your emotional body and mental body it's a cleansing experience to be able to sit in a state of self-compassion, to be able to soothe and nurture yourself intentionally. There's a palpable experience of being uplifted, of being nurtured, of being held in the warmth of your own loving awareness. This is a kind of 
emotional experience that arises when you create a short duration of directing a dedicated, compassionate current of attention towards yourself. Now, all of these benefits I'm describing are are for your overall well-being. I haven't touched on what this means for a deliberate creator. So feeling good, we know, is an indicator of vibrational alignment. It's an indicator of being in a harmonic state of consciousness. In deliberate creation, where it's important to manage your vibration, where it's important to manage your energy, to direct your thought currents deliberately, so that you're able to communicate clearly and effectively with the unified field or universal intelligence, developing this habit of self-compassion is a powerful skill and resource to help you in that practice of maintaining your vibration and maintaining your vibrational alignment. It's a skill that will allow you to have the internal congruency that you need to broadcast a clear coherent signal to be able to pick up on the high frequency guidance that's streaming to you every day and to be able to receive the fruition of your intention it's being able to to reside in positive energies and positive emotional tones that allows you to notice what you need to notice that allows you to stay aligned to the vision that allows you to broadcast that clear coherent signal it's that positive energy that allows you to do all those things in order to have a harmonic vibration in order for the song of your being to be orderly and coherent you need to have self-talk that evokes and generates positive energy and self-compassion does just that if you feel tired or if you feel contraction and you want to ease back into receptivity practicing self-compassion will help you get back to that place of flow and alignment give yourself 5 10 or 15 minutes of compassionate self-attention when you do that actively and intentionally you'll experience the release of tension these effects of self-compassion to tune and tone you of self-kindness is predictable without fail you'll get that same result you'll get that deep soothing from the practice you'll notice more emotions of inner calm contentment trust and security being your foundation and that is an important place for a deliberate creator to operate from to put self-compassion into practice a helpful model that i'll point you to is Dr. Kristen Neff's three elements model. She's a university professor in educational psychology who is a pioneer in the field of self-compassion research. In her work, she breaks down self-compassion into three core elements. Those three core elements being self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness and i'll i'll go into more of these three elements shortly typically when you extend compassion to others you kind of automatically take a mental position that is inclusive of these three elements compassion felt for others includes feelings of warmth 
care, kindness, understanding, with a desire to help mixed in. When you feel compassion for someone, you're understanding of their humanity. You have enough psychological distance from the individual. You have enough of an expanded perspective to see their whole being and understand the shared limits and challenges of human life. You're automatically able to witness them in that way. You're able to see the individual within the context that they're in, within the full scope of the experience that they're in. And you're able to radiate warmth and understanding toward them from that vantage point. And focusing on yourself, however, that automatic warm spaciousness that you step into when focusing on others isn't necessarily always there. You don't necessarily have that kind of distance from your own experience to be able to you know easily and readily step into that space of warmly observing yourself so it's helpful to see self-compassion as this three elements model presents now taking a deeper look at these three elements the first element is self-kindness and self-kindness is about extending warmth and understanding towards yourself when you need it you provide these emotional tones to yourself from yourself you make use of your caregiving instincts on yourself these naturally wired and instincts to care to nurture coming from your bonding circuit so you you direct those at yourself you can use these innate tendencies toward care and nurturance to give yourself you know either a real or a metaphorical big warm hug when you need it by seeing the full context of who you are where you are rather than you know that specific moment in time where you need that self-kindness where you're able to witness all of who you are through gentle eyes, all of that you're experiencing through gentle eyes, through sympathy, through empathy and kindness, you'll end up naturally extending care and comfort towards yourself. It's, it's just an automatic effect of looking at yourself from these circuits. And, and that's what you do when you practice self-kindness. You take a psychological position of consciously and actively caring and comforting yourself and you do that through the thoughts that you think through the words and behaviors you direct towards yourself so that metaphorical or real hug you give yourself is giving that warmth understanding comforting current to yourself if you don't already see self-kindness as a natural and appropriate response to have and to give to yourself, a good place to start is by starting to see it as an innate ability and a very natural response. It's a very natural and normal response to be kind to yourself. Normalize being kind to yourself. Normalize 
a habit of being able to pause and give yourself warmth, kindness, comfort, understanding, and that ability to have sympathy and empathy for your own being and experience at any moment in time. You deserve that kind of understanding as much as any other human being, regardless of what the experience you're facing is. It doesn't matter the size of the challenge that you may be encountering. You deserve that kind of compassionate, warm, kind, comforting current directed at yourself. Befriend yourself in that way. In her book on self-compassion, Dr. Neff provides the following four questions to help you shift into that psychological state of offering yourself some kindness. These four questions you can ask yourself are, what am I observing? What am I feeling? What am I needing right now? And do I have a request of myself or someone else? So you can use these questions as journal prompts and allow them to guide you into that compassionate self-observation state. Common humanity is the second element in this three elements model on self-compassion. And common humanity allows you to see how the human experience is really a shared experience. You know, it takes you out of tones of isolation and disconnection or self-pity. Any kind of sense that comes up that says, you know, you're the only one experiencing this type of situation or this type of pattern or this type of challenge. And it moves you into an expanded and inclusive view of human life. Your successes and your, you know, difficult experiences are common experiences to most, if not all, human beings, everyone, regardless of who they are or what they've achieved or what they have in life, experience the same types of internal or external patterns, the positive ones and the challenging ones that you find yourself experiencing. So this ability to notice that, you know, in any given moment, what you're experiencing, there are other people having a similar experience internally and externally you're not alone in whatever it is that you're encountering within yourself or outside of yourself you're not alone in that journey that human life embodied existence has that common element to it so the second perspective is really useful in that it helps you expand your perspective and helps you radiate that understanding towards yourself that understanding that readily comes when you focus on other people in their experience this reminder that you know whatever you're experiencing you're not alone it's not an isolated experience it's not a solitary experience it's not you know that it's it's not just you that has these types of experiences understanding that helps you move into that self-compassionate awareness the third element of self-compassion is mindfulness and mindfulness allows you to hold your experience in a state of balanced awareness you have a balanced perspective on what you're experiencing you have 
An expanded perspective is, is another way of saying a balanced perspective, where you know what you're experiencing is neither ignored or exaggerated. You're not a, in a perceptual state where you're seeing less than is actually there by ignoring or avoiding data, or where you're you know seeing more than is actually there by exaggerating or amplifying data. So you're not doing any of that. Through mindfulness, through moving into an expanded awareness, a non-judgmental position of self-observation on what you're experiencing, you allow yourself to see things as they are in the appropriate context of the present, of where you actually are, rather than through the lens of how a triggered nervous system may distort or skew the data in front of you and, and you know, portray uh, an exaggerated or diminished reality that, that's not actually there. So mindfulness is another key component of self-compassion because it helps you hold things in perspective. So these three elements of, of self-compassion show you how it's a practice of creating a nurturing balanced spaciousness around your own being gaining perspective and looking and speaking to yourself with the tones of love respect care and warmth self-compassion isn't a habit of you know avoiding your emotions or indulging in the stress-based narrative or quote unquote letting yourself off the hook or cheerleading yourself out of your authentic experience. It's about compassionately being present with yourself, directing your own heart energy towards yourself in ways that allow you to expand out of the states life's various challenges evoke in you. I like presenting self-compassion as a positive habit to develop, not only something to practice when you're facing something particularly challenging, but rather a habituated psychological and emotional stance that you take towards yourself. Love and kindness are incredible motivators. Self-compassion, the practice of it in your day-to-day experience actually refuels you. These emotions, love, kindness, compassion, they are actually rewarding emotional tones that activate parts of your brain's reward circuits when you feel them. Whether we're talking about oxytocin release or serotonin, they are tuning you to or, or making you available to rewarding internal experiences. You know, I love myself enough to want to create a great life. That kind of a belief that is based in self-love, self-acceptance, self-kindness, self-compassion is a great motivator. It's an effective motivator to carry. You know, we're traditionally taught, and I, I would say we're culturally taught in some cultures, to see love and kindness as these soft, passive, you know, sort of pastel states. But they're actually very vibrant energies. They're full of life. They're glittery, beautiful, radiant energies, and they're effective mobilizers. 
if to the question, why do you want to be successful? You were to hear the answer, you know, because I love and care about myself and others. What would you think of it? You know, what would you think of that kind of a belief system that says, you know, I want to be successful. I want to create a great life. I want to live a great life because I love and care about myself and others. That love, self-love, self-compassion, self-kindness, that was the basis. What would you think of that kind of a response? Like neurologically, biologically, psychologically, physiologically, these emotional tones we were sort of culturally thought to think of as soft, as, you know, sort of gentle energies are actually empowering energies. They just happen to empower you in a way that's different than what we're typically taught to see empowerment as. You know, they they don't rah-rah you into mobilization. They, They don't activate you as you know excitement does but they do still fuel you with vibrant energies they do still fuel you with deeply nourishing currents with deeply nourishing energies when you practice self-compassion you will strengthen your ability to be resilient to be in internal balance to have inner equilibrium to be in states of well-being as you go on achieving and manifesting what you want to achieve and manifest in your life. Practicing self-compassion, the energy that it allows you to tap into, the neurochemicals that are released, the hormones that are released when you are engaged in practices that are based on loving kindness will make you a stronger achiever a stronger creator, a stronger manifester, if you will. So let go of seeing these emotions, these types of emotions as soft and gentle and see them for what they are. They are strengtheners. They are longevity builders. And they're the very frequencies that give you healthy and nourishing endurance in life. It's a distorted belief to think that treating yourself with love and kindness is somehow going to make you less motivated and driven. And I've sort of encountered these kinds of impressions that it's somehow going to mean you don't strive for growth and improvement if you're operating from these emotional tones. I don't know where these beliefs that downplay the power of compassion came from, but they're inaccurate. Compassion is an empowering energy. It is life rich. It is vibrant. It is very vital. (laughs) It's full of life force. The science around this is pretty sound. There's, you know, decades and decades of research showing how loving kindness practices enhance your physical life, your psychological life, your emotional life, your relationships, and you name it. When you practice self-compassion, you actually heal quicker. You recover quicker from stress and setbacks. You mentally, emotionally, and physically sort of bounce back faster because you're moving yourself into parasympathetic response states. 
states that allow your nervous system and energy field to regenerate, replenish, heal, and recover from, you know, stress and tension states. So self-compassion really gives you endurance and longevity because it's a nourishing, nurturing, life-rich source of energy that accompanies you, you know, every step of the way if you put it to practice regularly. So if you haven't already done so, (laughs) add this powerful habit to your self-regulation toolkit. Start practicing it each day until it is an integrated lens through which you approach and see yourself that when you look at yourself, when you look at your experience, when you tune into your own being, what you find there are thoughts that are loving, kind, and compassionate towards your own being. Such a practice will add life. It will add longevity and energy to your day-to-day experience. It will help you recover, regenerate, and replenish faster. And it will ultimately enrich your life on multiple levels. If you're enjoying the Cadest Ohm podcast, you can help grow the show by subscribing on Apple and Spotify and by sharing your favorite episodes with your friends and community. I've got lots of resources designed to support you on your growth and deliberate creation journey. I've got many videos on my YouTube channel, including affirmations and guided meditations, a free resources library with tools and worksheets you can use, books on Amazon on a number of different topics on consciousness and co-creation, online courses at my online school, including a free course on understanding the levels of consciousness. And I also share tips regularly on my blog and my newsletter and on my social channels. You can learn more and find all of these resources on my website at infinite-life.com. The link to my website is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I'll see you next time on the Cadestone Podcast.